Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no FAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com, and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Chauncey Show special, where we're always right, never left. We put God first and politics second. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. We want to send out prayers to all of those who have lost loved ones with the unfortunate pandemic of the COVID-19. We also want to send prayers out to those that are in the hospital. We wish them Godspeed and a speedy recovery in this challenging time for friends and loved ones that are tuning in. We also want to thank all of the frontline workers, first responders, police, fire, EMS, doctors, nurses, scientists, everyone on the front line trying to battle this pandemic to give us a normal life. We are very excited today to have on our show a young lady who was a first-generation Texian. Her parents immigrated into this country to Dallas-Fort Worth to pursue the American dream. Miss Kim says she's seen countless sacrifices they've made while they've cleaned other people's bathrooms, empty trash cans, and offices buildings as she slept on couches, often working two or three jobs, each to put food on the table and pay rent so they would be able to fill her potential. Throughout her time and her upbringing in Texas, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, and eventually law school at the University of Texas at Austin School of Law, she took their sacrifice to heart and passionately pursued making a change and a difference for those whose lives of a similar life experiences of her parents, Ms. Kim wants to provide those other Americans with the same opportunity. Ms. Kim is a seasonal leader with an extensive experience in the private and public sector, working with executive clients and government officials to achieve positive outcomes. 
she successfully led a $70 million federal grant program, including the largest expansion ever of the SBAs and WBCs to empower women to become entrepreneurs and to fulfill their greatest dreams. I am honored and proud to have in the studio today and welcome Ms. Sari Kim, who's a candidate for U.S. Congress in Texas 6th District. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chauncey. I talked a little bit about your humble upbringings. If you want to elaborate on that a little bit for my audience, that would be nice. And then you can talk about um, how you decided to get involved in politics, and then we can get into the second half of the show about some of your policy initiatives for the state of Texas and your plans for the nation. Yes, so I am the embodiment of this great American dream that we all fight for as conservatives. My parents legally immigrated from South Korea when I was two years old, and I grew up, much like you said, my parents were janitors here in Arlington, Texas. They cleaned toilets. They emptied trash cans. They were a part of the invisible working poor, Um, but they came here with their great dream that you know, their children could learn about American democracy and and become very successful. And so I attended public schools here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, was so fortunate to have gone to the University of Texas at Austin School of Law, and then went on to go work for President Bush and President Donald J. Trump. And I came back to Arlington, Texas, so that I could run for Congress, not because I'm special or I'm important or I've done anything really significant with my life, but the fight for the American dream is so critical and so important. And I want to serve the people of Tarrant, Ellis, and Navarro County and represent them. So hopefully people will come out and vote Terry Kim on May 1 for Congress. Absolutely. And I want to say thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being the American, the embodiment of the American dream. And thank you for wanting to stand up not only for the people of Texas, but for all of America to be a voice uh, to speak truth to power. So you've had an extensive background in politics, in the private and public sector. So you bring some interesting skill sets to the table. What are some of the policy issues that are facing Texas, and I guess probably the biggest policy issues that your state is is dealing with right now is the surge or the influx of the immigration crisis. Yes, you, absolutely. So I, yeah. No, I'm good. Sorry. I'm sorry for yes. the little break. I was going to say, yeah, please uh, talk about that a little bit. That's making headlines every day, and that's impacting your state directly. So if you can shed some light on that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, so I would say the two biggest policy issues in in my district, one, as you mentioned, is immigration. And it's not legal immigration like what my parents did. It's illegal immigration, this porous border between Texas and Mexico that Joe Biden refuses to actually secure our borders. And it's important for your listeners and also for the American public to understand and realize these are not Mexicans coming to Texas. Mexico has the world's 13th largest economy. 
and the president of Mexico, AMLO, is actually very much against Joe Biden because it makes his country look as if they don't know what they're doing. These illegal immigrants are coming from Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, walking thousands of miles to come to this border. And we are absolutely not having them be tested for COVID. We absolutely have no idea what their intentions are. And in the state of Texas alone, we've had 100,000 illegal immigrants come through our border in the short time that Joe Biden has been president. And so for us, our security is very, very important. And it's insanity to me that Joe Biden blames President Donald J. Trump for any of this. It's his own policies, Joe Biden's own policies that is causing it. Um, and the second biggest issue in my district is, much like the rest of the country, Tarrant, Ellis, and Navarro County is 99.9% ultra small businesses. Not even, you know, businesses with more than like five employees, but it's really a husband and wife team that has like a donut shop or dry cleaners, a really great farm equipment store. And what coronavirus did, it really killed the ability of small businesses to survive and thrive. So I'm running for Congress so that I can support the small business owners here in Texas. Absolutely. Um, you know, the border crisis is very significant. I thank you for sharing your insight briefly on it. You know, Joe Biden, during his campaign, welcomed all illegal immigrants to come to this country. And for him to now say that this is Donald Trump's fault is totally, like you said, it's, un it's unconscionable to even think that you'd want to blame Donald Trump. But they've been blaming Donald Trump even when he was president for things prior to him, and they're going to blame him for things probably years to come. You did mention... You did mention that. Are you okay? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Now, I heard that the noise is uh, coming in through the studio very loud, whatever you're doing. So I want to make sure you're okay. Um, you know, they don't have, like you said, they're allowing, Joe Biden's administration is allowing these immigrants to come into the country without being tested, not only for COVID-19, but for any type of communicable diseases. And, and, and that in and of itself is a health crisis. And with the surge in COVID escalating in our country with these new variants, what are some of the policy issues that you would recommend to stop the, to stop the surge? Well, there are three easy policy solutions. I mean, the first one is you actually have to enforce the border. So Joe Biden, he's so bumbling and has no idea what he's doing. He removed 127 border patrol agents that actually enforce the law. And instead of ensuring that our border is secure, those 127 agents are now babysitting illegal immigrants. That's not the job duty of a border patrol agent. And so you have to make sure that these individuals are doing their job description. The second thing is 
if the president of the United States, a.k.a. Joe Biden, in theory, although I do believe that Kamala Harris is actually running the country, Joe Biden needs to tell people, don't come to this country, and if you do, we're going to kick you out. But instead, he is very loosey-goosey with the facts, and he's very loosey-goosey with his marketing plan. So he basically says, if you come to the United States, I'm not going to kick you out. Well, that doesn't deter any form of immigration. And the third thing is these Northern Triangle countries, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, the United States quite literally sends them billions of dollars in foreign aid. And yet what we know, because we read these investigatory reports, is that the quote-unquote governments of these Northern Triangle countries, they're embezzling these funds for their own purposes. They are not actually given assistance to their own citizens. So the number one policy thing that we could do other than enforce the border and stop marketing to people is say to these countries, we're not going to give you any more money. Absolutely. Where are they currently housing these illegals in in the state of Texas? Where where are they housing them at? It's shocking that the Biden administration is spending over $400 a night to put these migrants in hotels. I mean, I told you, like, I grew up poor. I mean, the nicest Mm -hmm. hotel we ever stayed at was like a La Chica, and it was quite nice for like $50 a night. These migrants, they're being put in hotels. And consider, Chauncey, we have homeless veterans, men and women who served our country in uniform. We don't even put our homeless veterans in hotels at night. But Joe Biden is willing to do it for illegal immigrants. It's it's unconscionable and it's sad. I mean, even I think a week or two ago, uh, you know, I don't know if it was true or not. I heard that he mentioned that he would pay them not to come here, which sounds ridiculous, you know. Uh, now you're closer to the border. The crisis must be worse than what the media is portraying it to be. Is is your state now over flooded with this surge? Are they still dumping uh, and dropping off these illegals in neighborhoods? Well, what I know in my particular district is that Joe Biden actually tried to open a migrant center in Corsicana, and we voted against allowing that to happen. My real concern is for my colleagues and friends who live right at the Texas border. Their cities are absolutely overrun, and it is much worse than the media images. And so I would be quite concerned if the Biden administration continues to cart these illegal immigrants up the highway, literally. I mean, Texas is a huge state. (laughs) I think most people know how big of Mm -hmm. a state it is. It takes like 19 hours to drive from tip to tip. So the Biden administration is driving these people seven, eight hours up into my district and then dumping them off in these hotel rooms. That's how they committed they are to bringing illegal immigrants into the state of Texas. Has the spread of COVID-19 increased in your state as a result of the surge? Have those new numbers, yeah, have those new numbers come out yet? honestly do not know the answer to that because the Biden administration is not testing these migrants. I don't know. Mm. 
For those that are tuning in, this is the Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. We're proud and honored to have in the studio Suri Kim, who has an extraordinary private and public service background running for Congress in Texas, talking about the border crisis and the Biden's administration's failure to address the issue. Suri, you know, I don't even think that Kamala Harris, when Joe Biden announced that she would be in charge of the border two weeks ago, I don't think that she still has gone to the border to visit. Has she that you know of? Absolutely not. Kamala Harris refuses to go to the Texas border. And she's saying that now she's in charge of, quote, unquote, the origins of this root cause of where illegal immigration is coming from. Well, whatever you want to market it at, the the number one thing that I know is that the second highest ranking public policy official in the United States should go to the Texas border if they actually cared about the citizens of our state. We know that they don't care about uh, the citizens of America when they want to allow these illegals to come in here. They want to give them voting rights. They want to give them insurance. They want to give them health care. And that's going to be the new Democratic voting bloc. And that's the sad part. And like you said earlier, we have veterans living on the street being homeless with mental illness, drug abuse, that we're not even tackling those issues for people that serviced our country. And that's the sad part. Sorry, sorry, when is your election coming up? So my election is officially two weeks from today on Saturday, May 1st. For people who live in Tarrant, Ellis, and Navarro County, you can start early voting on Monday. Awesome. Can you talk about some of the policy initiatives that you would put in place or the concerns that you have on a national landscape? Once you're in Congress, we know what the issues are in your state. What are some of the other national issues that you're concerned about that you'd like to address when you get to Congress? So the three biggest concerns that I have that I've heard from my constituents, number one, is just the behemoth that is the federal government and how inept they are at eliminating white fraud and abuse. So what most people don't know, and I, and I know this because I was chief counsel to Daryl Issa when he was chairman of oversight and government reform, is that 10% of federal government spending is wasted. And, and when you consider how big the federal budget is, that's over a trillion dollars that we just throw away. I mean, a couple of days ago, the Internal Revenue Service said, that not only do they have massive amounts of waste on abuse, but they don't even collect a trillion dollars in taxes. You know, it's like we use this word a trillion here, a trillion there, and it just becomes monopoly money. But for me and my constituents, contextualize one trillion dollars, one with, with, you know, four commas after that, and consider the monthly budget of the Department of Education is $4 billion. I mean, if I was just focused on the unsexy business of making government work, I think that would be a real monumental achievement. Um, The second thing is Medicare. So we know that members of Congress, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, when he used to be a senator, they would raid the Medicare trustee fund. That's why Medicare is broke. 
members of Congress constantly take money out of it, as opposed to, you know, helping people who paid into the system. So I would want to make sure that Medicare was in existence for people and remain in existence for the people who paid for it. And the third thing is I want to cut as many regulations as possible. You know, we talked about earlier in the show, Chauncey, the importance of helping small business owners. Well, no one's going to be able to start a small business if there are 46 federal regulations and you have to spend $10,000 on an attorney before you even open up shop. So the number one thing that I can do as a member of Congress is eliminate as many federal regulations as possible. Absolutely. And those are very, very conservative and very sound ideas that would not only cut government spending, we need smaller government, not a bigger government. You know, there's two other issues that not only affect the nation, but affect your state. And that is human trafficking and drug trafficking, Uh, fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, and the human trafficking element that affects Texas and a lot of the other um, states along the border. How is your state dealing with the drug and human trafficking crisis? Well, I think Texas is having a really hard time with it. I think that, you know, as soon as you fix a particular problem, more problems occur. When President Trump was in office, we did as much as we possibly could to human trafficking. Oh, (laughs) is that a car going by where you are? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I apologize. It's very, very sensitive, my mic. <laughs> no, but that's okay. It, sound, it sounded like a very fun car, whichever, whichever <laughs> one it was. But no, um, I give President Trump so much credit in the sense that he did as much as he possibly could to eliminate human trafficking in the United States. And what you'll see if you read the Department of State Human Trafficking Report is that 80% of human trafficking isn't actually sex trafficking, it's labor trafficking. People who come into this country and are brought in by cartels and other criminals in order to work in forced labor situations for literally pennies. And so the number one thing that we can do in the state of Texas is actually enforce E-Verify, a digital system that was passed 10 years ago to ensure that every single worker in the United States is here legally and that unless they have the E-Verified verification, that they're not allowed to get a job. That is the biggest way that we can continue to combat the human trafficking, which is 80% labor-based. Absolutely. Yeah, and we know that the human trafficking and the drugs will increase as a result of this open border uh, crisis that was created by the Biden administration. Uh, I want to go back for one second because we briefly touched upon public education, uh, and the budget is over $4 billion. Um, I served a couple of terms as a commissioner on a school board in New Jersey, So I understand the waste and abuse that occurs in public education. Do you think that it's necessary that we have a federal education department when basically public education is a state's role and a state's responsibility? 
absolutely not. I do not. I 100% would eliminate the U.S. Department of Education and their mammoth bloated $50 billion annual budget. I agree with you 100%. Education is a state issue, but more importantly, most teachers that I know of, one of the one of my biggest role models is a coach here in, in my district, and he is the most humble, most honest, most decent person. And he spends so much time caring for his students. Individual teachers in Toto, I think, really care that the people mm-hmm. that sit inside of their classrooms are well-educated. But teachers' unions are completely disconnected from the idea of actually ensuring the education for our future generation. Teachers' unions are lockstep in the pocket of Princess Nancy Pelosi and her liberal agenda. And so I 100% support eliminating the U.S. Department of Education and continuing to fund the ineptitude that is socialist education policies. Absolutely. You know, the educational system has become a political job mill and a political patronage mill, as well as for contracts and jobs. Um, And that's the sad part. You know, you look at cities uh, like uh, the third largest city or the largest city in New Jersey where they're paying $18,000, you know, per student, yet the graduation rate is below average. You know, it's sad. We spend the most amount of money per pupil, yet, you know, our kids, our graduation rate in the nation, I believe, is a little below 60%. Yeah, it's it's very sad. And, and Chauncey, we're not competing between, like, Arlington, Texas, and San Francisco, California. The competition is our country fighting against the Chinese Communist Party. And are we going to continue to be the world's foremost superpower, or are we going to lose our country, our values, our freedom, our democracy, our economy to the Communist Party of China? That is the battle. You're absolutely correct. And we are not preparing our children to be able to compete in a global society. You know, today we're not teaching our kids critical thinking skills. Our kids are not learning about American government civic responsibility, basic tenets of survival and understanding how our government works. I mean, and, and so we're, we're raising, you know, well, the best way to turn a country into socialists or communists is do it through the public education system. They took out prayer. They took out the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, so, you know, we see the dismantling of the public education system by their policies and by the results of our our children not being educated, which is a shame. I also know that you support school choice, I believe. Uh, Right? You you support school choice, I believe? I am 100% for children being able to go to the best possible schools. And I think it is a bifurcated pathway forward where we need to support good teachers, but we also need to support children who were like myself, who were incredibly poor. And the only way that we were able to advance in society is that we were able to go to a good public school. I think that is so important today that these children and parents have choice. 
Another big issue uh, before we wrap up the show in a few minutes is voter integrity, this new thing in Georgia about voter suppression, the requirement for voter ID. What do you think about that issue? Isn't isn't this the hypocrisy of the socialist Democrats like AOC and Ilhan Omar who are so shocked and appalled by the idea that you need an ID to go vote, which is a sacrosanct right. But you need an ID to board an airplane. Hello, Delta. You need an ID to go buy a beverage. You need an ID to get an apartment. You need an ID to register for school. You need an ID even to get a coat. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's my daughter trying to call. That's my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter. I'm trying to hang up on it. I was about to say. No, I was about to say someone very important is trying to get It's my 12-year-old daughter. Okay, I'm trying to text her. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. So, so here, here's what's great. It's that. It's that you do need a voter ID for all these things. And Ilhan Omar and AOC, they don't have a brain cell in between the two of them. I mean, if you're going to say everybody needs to get a COVID vaccine, but you need an ID to go get it, everybody needs an ID to go and live in an apartment home in one of their two congressional districts, why is voting? The one thing that they are willing to say that you're racist if you don't do it, because they are trying to take the vote of legal American citizens and essentially continue to perpetuate lies, myths, and frauds against conservatives and law-abiding members of American society. It is absolutely appalling to think that people on welfare in this country have ID. So I don't know what people they're talking about. The poorest people in our country have welfare, public assistance, have to have identification. So I don't know who they're talking about that they're trying to say that voter ID is racist. But once again, that goes to the identity politics from the left and the Democrats who have no policy agenda, but they use identity politics to justify their existence. Why would we not want to have stricter and tighter voter ID regulations and laws? Well, because first of all, if you look at every major city in the country, it's controlled by Democrats. So I don't even know, even from that standpoint, where's the voter suppression? Is it coming from your own cities? See, you know, they think that everybody is stupid. (laughs) And that's the sad part. Because all these major cities run by Democrats, where all these cities are already corrupt and mismanaged, okay? Instead of them tackling their issues, they're going to say, oh, voter ID is racist because they have to fix their problem in their cities or their communities, and they can no longer engage in illegal voting fraud. And that's the sad part. Yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly sad. And I think it's up to each and every one of us who care about this country to really look at these public media relations talking points and go beyond that and actually look at the substance with common sense 
to what these people are proposing. Because if you look beyond AOC's talking points, there's no there there. You're absolutely correct, and that's why candidates like yourself are very important in Congress. <clears throat> I call candidates like you an educational candidate. You want to educate the people while you're running. You don't have talking points. You want to share information to educate your electorate. And, and that's the difference that I've noticed between the left and a lot of Republican conservative candidates were solution-based issue base, okay, versus talking points, identity politics, character assassinations from the left. And that's why our voices continue to get out because we're trying to educate the American people by raising a level of consciousness and telling them what is really going on with the fake mainstream media and the fake politicians that we have. You know, Sarah, I, I want to say thank you so much for coming on my show today. Please share with my audience that they want to donate, volunteer, or help you with your final push for your election in May. Share that information with my listeners, please. Thank you so much again for having me, Chauncey. Um, my name is Sari Kim, S-E-R-Y, last name is Kim, K-I-M. You can go to SariForTexas.com, donate, vote, support, share, with all of your friends, my election is Saturday, May 1st, but you can early vote on Monday, April 19th at Sari Kim for Congress at SariForTexas.com. Thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck, and we'll try to give you a final push uh, for your candidacy, and we hope and pray for a positive outcome and a successful win for your candidacy and for the people of Texas. Thank you so much for your commitment to want to stand up for the American people. God bless you and your family. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. We were honored and blessed to have in the studio today Sari Kim, who was a candidate for U.S. Congress in Texas, who was the embodiment of the American dream. Her parents came to this country, clean bathrooms in order for her to be able to go to law school and have the American dream. <clears throat> she talked about her humble beginnings. She talked about her work in the private sector, the public sector, on what's made her qualified to run for Congress and serve the American people. We're thankful for having her on the show today. You can join the Chauncey Show. This was a special today this afternoon. But every Tuesday and Thursday live at 6 o'clock to 6.45 Eastern Standard Time. We have an awesome show coming up on Tuesday. We have George Parson on our show, who was the chairman of Will County Republican Party in Illinois. We're going to have him on, on Tuesday talking about blacks in the GOP, talking about the Republican Party, and talking about the future of America. You can follow the Chauncey Show on Twitter at Chauncey Show USA. You can follow us on Parlor at Chauncey Show. Also on Facebook, the Chauncey Show. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. You can follow me on Twitter, New York Talk Radio Host, NY Talk Radio Host. You can follow me on Facebook at Right Talk Radio Host. 
And please like and follow us and leave us some comments and suggestions on how we can provide you with better information, news, and commentary uh, of what you would like to hear about. As you all know, we uh, rely on small donations uh, to help us to continue to be a voice for we the people. Uh, Please consider making your donation today at the Chauncey Show at PayPal me, PayPal me, the Chauncey Show. Any amount would be appreciated you know, because every little bit counts, and we are able to survive by, by small donations. We don't have any, you know, big corporation sponsors or anything like that. We're just we the people, conservative talk radio show. So we thank you all for listening. We thank you all for your support, and we look forward to you tuning in on Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Once again, George Parson will be here. He is the chairman of Will County Republican Party in Illinois. We want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in. Thank you very much. Have a blessed weekend. God bless you all. And remember, keep the faith. Good night now. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, By providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. Or shop 24-7 at officedepot.com and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max.